You are listening to Jai Long and this is Make Your Break, episode number 52. Today we're talking about passive income, we're talking about money, talking about YouTube channels, talking about creating opportunities and adding value, all with Eric Floberg. I've got so much good stuff for you today. I know you're going to love it. If you don't know who Eric is, he is a big presence on YouTube. He's a big educator. He's got a big Instagram following and he's got a big heart. He's always giving so much good, valuable content on all his channels, really helping the photography community, the wedding photography community and videographers as well. So I'm excited to welcome him to the Make Your Break podcast. We also get to hear a little bit about how he made his break as well, which is really important. Hey guys, so if you do want to join me live on a workshop, I've got one coming up on the 24th of August. It's all about styled shoots. It's for wedding photographers. It's going to be so much value. I'm going to give away my three big secrets and you'll be able to walk away, being able to organize a styled shoot, make income from styled shoots and everything else. I'm so excited to share with you those secrets. So head over to jialong.co forward slash styled shoot. And don't forget it is live. So bring your questions and let's jam it out. Have a chat get amongst it, and it's going to be so much fun. So let's not waste any more time. Let's dive straight into the interview. There's so much value and you're really going to love it. Hey, I am talking to Eric over in Chicago at the moment. And I've been following Eric only for a few months actually. He came to my attention. I found him on Instagram, really connected with all the stuff he's doing, really inspired by how he has sort of flipped this pandemic and really seen the cup half full and um, jumping on so many opportunities. So it's always good when you find someone like that, you want to follow them because you're attracted to, you know, how positive they can be and, and things like that. So I'm really excited. Hey, Eric, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm really good. I'm still in lockdown in Melbourne. So I am, um, I guess I am like my brain is going crazy of opportunities still of like all the things I can do because... I guess I'm stripped away from everything else and all outside influences and I'm only, I'm really reflecting inwards right now. Totally. Yeah. We had, we definitely had a, a season of that through um, March and April and May. Um, and as things have opened up a bit more, uh, not fully, um, it's been better to kind of open up our net of, you know, a few people we can see and collaborate with. Um, but even that is pretty strict. But yeah, similar to you, um, just been very introspective and spending a lot more time with family, getting into more hobbies. So yeah, like, like you said, cup, cup half full has been um, kind of the, the MO so far now. Yeah. Hey, so um, I know a lot of my listeners um, probably don't know who you are yet. So I'd love to just hear a little bit about how you made your break. I know you got a pretty interesting story and um, how you transitioned from, you know, your old life to your new life and how you've kind of combined the two together and, and your journey right there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I started making videos back when I was like 13 years old. I uh, started with a Spanish class project and uh, I just never stopped making videos in school every year when we had a video project or any kind of project, I tried to turn it into a video project. So very early on became a passion of mine to be making visual media in, in some sense. And um, through college, I had the opportunity to 
um, go to university and um, study to be an educator, an actual teacher in the classroom, and um, started shooting portraits and videos and wedding films and all sorts of creative visual stuff while I was getting my degree. I graduated in 2013 with that teaching degree and then went back to the junior high that I went to uh, as a student to teach. And that's really where I made that first video in the Spanish class. It was kind of cool to see it come full circle, but also very strange to uh, have my old teachers as my coworkers. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I taught at that I taught at that school for, for three years, um, from 2013 to 2016, uh, all the while growing my business in, in photo and film. And by that last year, that third year, um, really we, my wife and I had contemplated me leaving teaching after just two years. I had a scholarship that required me to teach for two years in, in, in my state. And since we had our first kid, this is a surprise baby, I was like, ah, I'll stay on for a little bit of health insurance uh, with the job. And that, that third year ended, proved to be uh, one of the busiest years of my life. Um, I shot 25 weddings that year and taught full-time as well as coached at school. So uh, it, it was very intense, um, but I really wouldn't have it any other way. Um, so 2016, it was June of 2016, I jumped full-time into my business. And it's just been full steam ahead since then. So, Wow. So it was like a pretty um, organic transition then. It sounds like you kind of already had your your toe um, in the water with film and photography and you kind of already starting your business on the side, bit of a side hustle before you even uh, dove in, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I When I was teaching, I was fully convinced that it would take me like a decade to get to the point where I could run my business full time. I didn't think that that was a possibility um, I didn't think that something like that could grow so quickly. And in the age of the internet and what we have at our fingertips all the time, um, proved to be that I, I could do it a lot faster than I thought. Um, and so I didn't, I didn't really feel that like, I feel very privileged mm. in the sense that I, I never really felt a time of like deep struggle and pursuing it. it. It happened very naturally with, um, just kind of my network of referrals, um, as I kept booking work um, to the point where it just became too overwhelming to have both. And I do see this a lot in people who are in similar situations to me of being so deeply passionate about growing their business and making photos and, and making films and just serving clients really well so that they could build that same kind of network and just making the jump a lot faster um, than any of us thought we could. So. It's really fun to see that because it's coming, it's coming full circle. Now I'm getting into the education space yeah. and photography and filmmaking. And it's just really neat to use all the skills I learned in school to be able to teach others. And it's even more exciting to teach individuals who really want to hear what you're learning as opposed to just like <laughs> seventh grade students who <laughs> really struggle to listen in the classroom, you know? So. Totally, man. I think um, it's really interesting how, when someone transitions from what they used to do to what they do now, they become so successful when they combine all the skills that they've had that they've grown throughout their whole life. And I know for myself, like I love doing that. I've had so many businesses, failed ones and successful ones. And I bring that to my business now. And each time I bring something new and it just keeps growing and growing. And it's so interesting how you combine everything that you've done into the one thing now. And it like makes you so much stronger. Absolutely. Yeah, same, same for me uh, with the education stuff coming in now. Um, 
I'm constantly trying to think of how to diversify my income. I'm very thankful that I started that process a few years ago um, with starting my YouTube channel because in a year like this year, um, it has really kept my family and I afloat income-wise. I'm, uh, I'm the only one that works. Um, so my wife has a little bit of a side hustle, uh, but we have three kids. So um, it was... It was really beneficial to see that I had other things to lean on, and it's just proving to me more and more that I need to keep diversifying that stuff. And um, as most people do these days, love the idea of, of passive income, however you want to define that. And uh, like you said, using those skills. So, for example, um, it's very, it's looking like it's it's going to happen. My my friends and I at the studio I work at um, are contemplating thinking about making an album or an EP to be able to put on MusicBed, music licensing website I'm already connected with to then make more passive income and, you know, connect to the people who I'm already connected with, like in the wedding film world who might want to use music like that um, because I did music my whole life as well. So, yeah, constantly just thinking and brainstorming uh, how I could get those things just rolling in the background. Yeah, like all those little tiny hustles. It's funny. I don't know if you are a natural, natural born hustler, but I think for myself, um, I definitely am because I just didn't grow up very conventional and I'm always seeing opportunities everywhere. I see money everywhere. I can see, I can just identify, I guess, um, all those things. So when I jump online, like I have one of those problems where I have overwhelmed because there's too many opportunities. And like you said, like such a small little thing, you look at music bed and the way that you look at it, it's like, I could actually put money on here. I mean, I, I could put music on here and I could actually make money from this. And there's a little revenue stream. And um, actually a long time ago, I had a mentor um, and he told me, this is about 10 years ago. And he said, if you want to be um, free of any worry of money, you need to have at least eight income streams. And I think that really resonated with me. And since then, like I'd probably say now I have at least 12 income streams of just different things. And um, even my accountant always says like, I don't actually know what you do because you have money coming in from everywhere, which is really, I've never seen that before. But yeah, I think like in times like now, and I know that you're teaching a lot of people, um, I'm guess, I guess like you would be teaching people like these opportunities that you can see all over the place too, like uh, how to make, you know, passive income and things like that yeah it's it's just turning into an evolving beast because i was really deeply inspired to start my youtube channel uh, from my friends uh, daniel and rachel they own a brand called mango street and have a youtube channel and they were back in chicago one mm, winter i've got a story about them oh really i want to hear it let me hear <laughs> I've, that i'll go after you after okay, you it's okay. a really cool story though <laughs> um so uh they rachel just like was was and incessantly telling me I needed to start a YouTube channel. And I thought I was too overwhelmed with the amount of work that I had on my plate. Um, but she just kept pushing me and convincing me to do it. So I finally, finally went for it and found some success in doing so. And it was just sort of a fun thing at first, something I really enjoyed. And the more and more I pursued it, the more and more I realized how huge of a, like how, how many possibilities there were for, as you're talking about revenue streams, as far as affiliate marketing, commissions with different brands and um, sponsorships on the channel, YouTube ad revenue, uh, being able to sell merch classes. Like it, it's literally just endless. And, mm. you know, now I have a Patreon where people subscribe uh, monthly to learn even more content. 
And all of this stuff is driven through the channel, uh, being able to build that brand and then just kind of spider web off of that one core piece. And, um, yeah, it's just opening all sorts of opportunities now and getting into what I was saying earlier, just like that, that state of constantly evolving because it feels like now I can make content about just the hustle and entrepreneurship. Okay. These are ways you can actually just make passive income in different ways. And this is how you can save your money. And this is my five to 10 year plan of, you know, what we plan on doing with real estate now. And, you know, and everybody in the creative world loves that stuff too. Like I think a lot of us are born and bred to have that kind of mentality of hustle. You know, we started as you know, business people are on our own. And so I think a lot of those folks are deeply interested in those topics. Yeah, man. I think we, we also we feel so proud when we can actually um, make an income and support our family from our own craft and from our own two hands. Like that's pretty mind blowing, really. Can I tell you that story? So uh, wind back to 2013 and um, I decided I was going to quit my job and I did. And I was an electrician and I decided I was going to become a full-time wedding photographer, even though I've never been to a wedding before and I barely knew how to use my camera. And it was going into winter in Australia and I didn't have enough time, you know, and income and stuff like that to last out the whole winter and not book any work. So I was kind of determined to go to the US where it was summer and um, book as much work as I can and shoot as much as I can over there for free. It didn't really matter. But I reached out to a few people on Instagram and Rachel was one of them. And it wasn't like a thing back then. I don't think in 2013, like we, I didn't have many followers. She didn't have many followers or she didn't have a YouTube channel or anything like that. Yeah. And um, she was just really, really nice. And I told her what I'm trying to do. I said, I want to come over and shoot a wedding. Like it'll be amazing. And she said she'll keep an eye out if anyone wants that opportunity. And then a few weeks later, I had a couple... Um, I had two couples contact me and they both said, hey, we contacted Rachel in um, Chicago, but she couldn't shoot our wedding. She said that you could shoot it for free. And she actually referred me my first weddings that I ever shot. And there were one was in Chicago and one was in New Mexico. And they were both the most epic weddings. I think they both got um, on June bug weddings and all the rest of it. And um, yeah, it kind of kickstarted my career, really. That's unbelievable. I am so happy you shared that. Yeah, I know. It's such a weird little... I've actually never told anyone that story either. And I don't even know if I've told her that I actually booked those weddings. So I actually need to get her on the podcast and talk to her about it. That's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I just happenstance met them at like some Instagram hangout back in like 2016, I think. And just hit it off. And then um, yeah, I ended up going um, over to Thailand to shoot a wedding with Daniel back in 2017. That's when we really got to know each other. That's so wild. Yeah, cool. Hey, just looping back to what you were saying before with starting your YouTube channel, um, I just wanted to say it's so interesting that it's paying off for you now, like really well. And, and you started it in 2016 and now it's 2020. And I think like what's, and you may, I don't know if you give yourself enough credit for this, but what a lot of people don't do is follow through on something. So it's so easy for someone to dismiss someone and say like, oh, it's easy for him because he has a YouTube channel. It's easy for her because she has an Instagram following or something like that. But people like yourself were the ones that were creating videos that no one was watching for years and consistently showing up and doing it and doing it and still doing it and still doing it. And um, only from like that persistence and having that plan of like, you know, I envision myself in 
certain amount of time, I'll be able to get more followers. I'll be able to get more subscribers and I'll be able to maybe create passive income and do things like that. So it's all open there for all of us, but not all of us, you know, have that, um, what's the word? It's not a habit. Have that, um, discipline to follow through on something like that. I don't think totally. Yeah. It's yeah. I really had no idea what it could have been. Like I said, it was something that I thought was fun and I'll be perfectly honest. Like I was watching Casey Neistat at that time. I was like, that'd be fun to have a huge YouTube channel and, you know, make videos and content for people to enjoy. And so there was a lot of that kind of copycat syndrome and that sort of thing going on. But you're so right. The, the consistency over time and the unwillingness to stop and um, just that, that unrelenting pursuit of just like, of just consistency is really what brought me to where I am now. And, you know, I think about starting a new outlet, you know, I, I, I stayed away from Twitter for so long and I finally dove in last year and I just, you know, as my, as my following on Twitter continues to grow, uh, I, I almost feel like, oh, this, this is kind of unfair. Like I already have a solid base of subscribers and Instagram followers and I can just kind of point over to Twitter and then I can grow it over on Twitter. But I do have to step back and realize like, oh no, this, the, me being able to do that and grow, um, grow a following or a fan base on some other platform is perfectly acceptable from what I've already built because of, you know, I just think back to, yeah, like that one time you stayed up till 5 a.m. a dozen times finishing a video to post the next day and the grueling hours of writing talking heads and having to reshoot things over and over and perfect the craft and beat yourself up and have imposter syndrome. And it's just all of those things compiled to then realize like, oh, I now feel like it's all been worth it, you know? And there's still undoubtedly struggles. I still I still feel on a, a daily basis with things like imposter syndrome and fighting the algorithms and all those things, this, that, and the other. But at the end of the day, I go, wow, totally. I'm making like a decent amount of income doing this and I can support myself and my family with doing the things I love. And that's just so special and yeah it's um uncontested i think there's something there's a secret here that people don't ever talk about too much and um i know when i kind of unlocked this little secret i think things really opened up to me and it still does like you know this like blows my mind but and this is something that you you know we all know but sometimes we put it on the back burner but the secret is like we have time on our hands and Time is the biggest thing that you can like make money, right? So if, for example, I want to be YouTube famous, I could jump on and do a video every year. I mean, every day, just say for like three years. And I'm assuming in three years time, like it might turn into a waterfall effect where enough people are sharing it and there's enough comments, there's enough subscribers, enough likes where I can do something. And it's the same with anything, even with my wedding photography business. It got to a point where I was hustling so much and, you know, um, I was trying to get one lead per week and now I consistently get one lead per day from somewhere different because I knew I had time on my hands. I can do this one thing today and it's going to make an impact tomorrow and next year and the year after. And, um, yeah, I think so 
many of us, we see so short term. So we say like, I want to do a post now. And if it doesn't get the likes now, I feel disappointed. Or I, if I don't get the comments now, like no one likes me or, you know, it's kind of like that. And I think for myself, when I do a post and no one sees it, no one likes it, but maybe one person, I see it as like, everything is long term. I'm like, well, you've seen it. And then tomorrow you're going to see my other post and maybe one more person's going to see it. And then the day after, maybe I'll have three people. And I just see everything always. It's like, it's all building to something bigger that I don't know what it is yet, but it's something, you know what I mean? That is, that is just preaching to me. <laughs> I needed to hear that so yeah. badly. And yeah, of course I've encountered that concept, but even while you were saying that it just struck with me so hard because in the past three years, alongside of building my YouTube channel, I've really fallen in love with distance running and that is, is the exact same concept of getting into shape for distance running and running marathons and uh, the consistency of getting the miles on your legs and the consistency of showing up and the consistency of eating healthy and staying hydrated is what gives you that ability to show up on race day and crush that time that you want. Um, mm -hmm. And it's just the same exact analogy. And I'm so happy you shared that because yeah, this year has felt like a lot of that for me. Like I, I had one of my most successful videos of all time uh, analytically uh, right at New Year's. I posted it on New Year's Eve. It blew up. Uh, tons of new subscribers, tons of YouTube ad revenue. I was like on cloud nine. And uh, this whole year has just been this pursuit of how can I do that again? And analytically, it's never met that. Uh, and you go through seasons and a YouTube channel is, is the same for any other platform you're, you're building a brand on or whatever these days, um, you can constantly be in that pursuit of doing that same thing and trying to replicate it over and over, but you will just always find yourself uh, unsatisfied with that pursuit. And so, Oh, totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm, very keen to like recognizing that, you know, uh, sometimes I will obsess over, um, if the algorithm picks up a video, if it gets views and then the kind of ad revenue I can generate from that video, which is silly because ad revenue is one of the smallest streams of income I have through the business. But it's like somehow my mind is just like so obsessed with trying to find success in that way. And I constantly just need to be broken of that. So I appreciate you saying that it's really helpful to me. Yeah. It's also what we do with our time. So like you're saying there, like making the biggest impact with what we do. So is it, it's, is it the ad revenue or is it what you can actually sell through the YouTube and things like that? And um, I was actually talking to a guy yesterday and I really admire his approach and, I, and it feels like he blows up a lot and um, he's an educator in his field, but he talks about like, he says to me, if I just do webinars for a year, then I don't ever have to worry about money if I'm an educator. Right. And then I'm like, yeah, I am doing webinars. Like I, I did one six weeks ago and I got another one booked in for six weeks time. And then he tells me, yeah, you need a year, but I do a webinar every single week. Every single week I send out the same emails. I, I have um, Facebook ads going to them and then I show up and I do a two and a half hour webinar every Wednesday, the exact same content and, I, and then I optimize it and then I do it again and I do it again and I do it again. And it makes me think like, yeah, I have time in my hands, but like I could probably shortcut that time if I did have that hustle, like his hustle is literally 48 times more potent than what mine is right now. Does that make sense? 
but also he's got that strategy totally. but then it's what what do you do with the other time so i'm a big believer in not trying to do everything because you really want to strip it back and to allow yourself to think and like how can you make the biggest impact so for instance for your youtube channel instead of like trying to replicate that thing it's a lot of the times it comes down to like perfect positioning your content with exactly what's relevant with right now. So even if you didn't post for three months, but then something big came out like a new camera and then you're the first one to post it and then it went viral. It's so much more impactful than three months of videos of no one watching sometimes. Did you know optimizing the copy on your website can help allow your traffic to fall in love with your brand, get you a much higher conversion rate and get you more traffic from search engines? I've been using Pepperstone Media for years, so I know what good copy can do. If this is one piece of the puzzle your business is lacking, I am giving you $100 US off a Pepperstone copywriting package, so you too can have killer copy that converts on your website. Just use the code MAKEYOURBREAK. For all the information, head over to jialong.co forward slash Pepperstone. That's jialong.co forward slash Pepperstone. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've recognized that and things that have struck with people that video that did really well over the, the new year was passive income. And it, it felt like that's, it's just a very hot topic. Um, in the, the past few years, I feel like, you know, voices like Gary V, um, all over online trying to find ways of, you know, that hustle and finding the ways where you can make money in your sleep. Everyone's trying to sell it with their courses and stuff, but if you, you know, you have free content on that platform that people can engage with and learn from. It's highly valuable to them. Um, other videos that are outside of, you know, I built my channel on photography and filmmaking and specifically wedding photography and wedding filmmaking. But I also posted a video uh, last year of my friend getting out of debt, you know, paying off $84,000 of debt in 36 months. And it was just that whole story. And doing it in a compelling way. And that resonated with so many people as well. And so, yeah, I'm just really excited moving forward to diversify content like that and just to strike people in different ways. Um, as you said, mm. it, it is really impactful to get a comment, just you say a video just doesn't do well analytically, but getting a comment that's just like, this is everything I needed to hear and see at this point in my life. And it's like to hear things like that or just, I got one today. Um, a girl just, she commented on a video I posted like six months ago and was like, you know, your channel is the reason why I decided to go full time. And I'm so happy I did. She's like, I went full time this year. I'm so happy I did. I'm like this year you went full time and you're happy. Like wh what? Uh, yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm also just very obsessed with the idea of, of helping other entrepreneurs find that power within themselves to just see that intrinsic motivation and know that they can make it happen themselves. There's something they can see within me um, that they could replicate or do in mm. some way on their own. That's really like, I, I really hate the buzzword of inspiration, but that's just at the core of what I want my stuff to be online. It's just, helping people understand that they have the power to do it themselves um, and from, from every walk of life in some capacity. So, yeah. Oh man, that, I mean, that's what it's all about, like being an educator. And it's probably one of the reasons why I was attracted to your stuff because you're not trying to sell me anything or teach me anything. 
And at the end of the day, like me as an educator, it's like I can tell you someone all the secrets and all the frameworks and all that kind of stuff that I know, but it's not going to move the needle until I just inspire someone that they can do it. And I've got to instill that belief and I can do that through coaching them through a system and then they'll be able to implement anything that I teach them, you know, and so on. So I think a lot of educators miss that point. And they don't realize like all I, all I need, like personally myself, if I'm learning of someone, I don't actually need to know that someone made a million dollars. I mean, how they made that million dollars, like through whatever it was. All I need to know is that they could do it, that they could make that million dollars. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just work out a way. There's no problem about the system. Like there's so many ways to do one thing. But once I can see it can be done, then I know I can do it. Yeah. I resonate with that so much as well. Yeah, I, I guess like um, my wedding photography business, and I only just realized this, 2020, I've made more money in my wedding photography business just from weddings than I have in my whole career. And what's interesting, <laughs> it's amazing, man. Like it, it just keeps growing, right? And what's interesting is when I first started, um, I met this wedding photographer and he told me that he made $400,000 a year, just works on his own and um, and it's just a dream lifestyle. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even know that a wedding photographer could make that much money. Mm-hmm. And then this year we made $420,000 just from the wedding photography business. And I was like, wow. it's so interesting because it wasn't my goal, but as soon as I seen someone else do it, it's funny how I hit that exact mark of mm-hmm. where it was. If you showed me 600,000, I'm probably would have been there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's good, you know, posting all this stuff and just on inspiration, I guess. Yeah. I love being able to be transparent about those things too. Um, at least in the States, like our, our parents' generation, it's, it's very common amongst all my friends, uh, to hear the same story of you know, my parents wouldn't share how much they made. Uh, they, they, we wouldn't really talk about money. I just went to college thinking, yeah, everybody does it. I'll take out a loan. And yeah, there's just this deep disconnect in a lot of families over here with like just not understanding what the potential is and what is what is normal as far as savings and debt. And so I just love having that transparency online and filling that void that so many people missed growing up. Uh, and then sharing, yeah, sharing things like how much I've made with my business, not at, for a point of, of, of flexing or um, you know, bragging or anything like that, but just to, I, I just had a mentor session with somebody yesterday where I literally just opened QuickBooks and I was like, here's all of it. <laughs> like, I just want you to see what is possible, where all of the money is coming from all of the revenue sources so that you can see the the possibilities that you have here. And hopefully it can help you understand what you want to lean into as far as diversifying your income and making it happen for yourself. Yeah, that's incredible, man. Um, I definitely like to talk a lot about money because I didn't grow up with any money. So I thought I missed out on something. Mm. And um, yeah, it's actually mind-blowing. After I taught myself like the ins and outs of money and how to understand it and economy and, you know, I can I can literally read graphs now and I can day trade and do all that kind of stuff. It blows my mind how much people don't know about money and they're not willing to learn about money, but they're willing to show up to a job they don't like to make a minimum wage and continue to do that for the rest of their lives. Like that blows my mind more than anything. I'm like, but if you just knew what money was or how to how to make it, how to make it work, you wouldn't have to do that. 
I know that's that's one of the biggest things that just breaks my heart and you know in the states and I'm sure it's very common other places as well but just the whole concept of credit card debt and yeah it's just it just cripples our society um it's some crazy statistic of like half of Americans ha- hold a credit card balance and near half of of the society lives paycheck to paycheck um, just not knowing how it's, to. It's, uh, I'm pretty sure it's seven seventy two percent of Americans. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> that's, uh-huh. that's so brutal. <laughs> I mean, and just, yeah. just the simple, just the simple idea of living within your means with what you have first and foremost, getting the debt paid off and working from a foundation from there. Um, I'm just all about that, and I love I love teaching young entrepreneurs that that concept because. Man, the power you could have and the capital that you get when you don't owe anything to anybody else, the kind of creativity you can have and the kind of things that you can build, how much more confidence you have to pursue things. You know, people say nasty things about, I just made a video about how I shot film on my Leica M6. I bought it three years ago for $1,400 and now they're selling for $2,500. And it was some snide comment that said, all these rich people with their Leicas. And I'm just like, if you only knew like what this camera has done for me and my career and it's doubled in value, <laughs> like it's, it's just, Oh, if, if you only knew, you know, and that kind of stuff inspires me to want to make more content in a positive light of like, no, I didn't just buy this as a flex, you know, because you think I'm rich. Like this is, this is what this has done. This is a tool this is a tool for me personally and with my business and it has doubled in value. Like it's, I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh man. And there's nothing more empowering than actually understanding all this stuff as well. Like you're talking about credit card debt. If, if myself and I have no credit card and I've got a hundred dollars in my bank and just say yourself, you've got a, a minus a hundred dollars in your bank um, on credit, on credit, so, I mean, two differences right there. One is I'm making money on my money so I can get a tiny bit of interest, but you're losing money on your money. So in a year's time, we're both going to be kind of starting off at the same, but there's going to be a big split difference. But yeah, it just it's crazy to see like people, sp- um, they will pay money for money, which is a credit card, to spend on things that they probably don't need. And then they just get further and further. And it's so hard to dig yourself out of that spot. But if you're empowered with knowing how money works, then you can create money. And you do that through, you know, seeing those types of opportunities and things like that. So I think if you're empowered with the knowledge of, um, you know, marketing and business and things like that, then you don't need a credit card because you can make money when people are not making money, which blows my mind. I can tell you like a quick example. Well, back in 2017, I was getting married and the wedding, it was was around about $50,000 for this wedding. And I had to fly in like all my friends and family and stuff like that. My family don't have much money. So like I wanted to cover all those costs for them. And all my friends say like, man, we don't even make that much a year. Like how are you going to do this? And I didn't have this much money. And they said, you know, you're going to get a credit card or something. But I did a bit of brainstorming. And within two weeks, like I launched two workshops, I put out a product and I shot some extra things. And I think within two weeks, I had 50 grand in my bank account and I paid for the whole wedding. <laughs> and what's interesting was I never worried about the money or where it was going to come from. I already knew that I had the power to generate the money because I have that knowledge. 
So with that knowledge, it's like, well, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's you can you can make it happen. And I've seen so many people do that as well. It, it all it takes is a creative idea to make the money because you've already built this platform to be able to make it happen. And that goes back to the consistency thing of building that thing, whether it feels like anybody's listening or not or watching or not. Um, that consistency of doing it and building it, making it happen, gives you the the power and the flexibility to do exactly what you did in that moment um, and make the money when you need to. So good. Yeah, man. And I guess like a lot of us don't want to push through the hard times too. Like you said, if you are on YouTube, I'm sure you've got some haters. Yeah. I'm sure if you've got, if you've got a following, like if you're doing something right, you should have at least one in a hundred people mm-hmm. hate what you do because they're envious or they're narcissistic or they're, you know, there's, some sort of reason there, whatever you're saying, whatever your message is, it doesn't go in line with their beliefs. And I think a lot of people get turned off by that. But if you have the courage to still give the message to the people that need it most at the time that they need it, then of course you're going to be more successful than anybody else because everybody else is going to shy away from that exact moment. I don't know if you believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. it's... It is so easy to obsess over the negative comments. And I know tons of creators talk about this. Um, You know, if you lean more towards feeling like a perfectionist and wanting your craft to be the best it possibly can be, it's so easy to obsess over that one. Um, But time and time again, DM after DM and uh, comment after comment of people telling you like what you're putting out means to them and the things that they do and create uh, I've got handfuls of, of messages on my Patreon account talking about print sales and people's successes and doing it after what I've taught them. And that empowerment is just, it blows me away every time I get a message like that. Someone someone decided to start um, investing and made like $20,000 and sent me a DM about that. And it just blew my mind. Um, yeah, it's it's so cool to 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 have that validation with those messages because it helps you understand the concept of completely ignoring that 1% to continually pursue that other 99% of people who are just, you know, thriving off of what you're telling them and teaching them. Yeah. They're ready to learn. Um, Hey, let's, let's finish up here with a few things that we can do right now to make money during the pandemic. Um, specifically more so towards wedding photographers. I know a lot of wedding photographers are listening right now and they're going to love this uh, podcast episode. And um, I know like for myself, I have, I see so many opportunities. Like right now I can grow a bigger following because more people are online. Um, There's more people pivoting that understand online workshops and things like that. So more people uh, obviously turning to my workshops, they're turning to my online courses. And as the word spreads that people are getting results, like it gets further and further. Um, how are you seeing right now, like how you can go out and, you know, make some money from the clients that you have or just, or make more money in general right now? Yeah, absolutely. People are, are getting more nostalgic right now as well. Doing the same thing, spending more time with family, spending more time with friends, not family, friends, their, their specific family, they're having phone calls, um, and FaceTimes with those important people in their life. And that nostalgia is really making them introspective they're looking back at their wedding photos so now's a great time for you to pitch that discount on prints pitch the discount on selling an album thinking creatively and how you could do a slideshow um i have a client from literally five years ago who we we chatted through 
doing a revised version of their, their wedding film because they're having their first kid now and being able to profit off of something like that. Um, there are, there are just so many ways you can engage with, um, those past clients and something that I have learned and taught with, um, selling those artifacts like prints is just offering value to them outside of what they already experienced on the gallery that you might've sent to them years ago with a, a percentage off and a time frame when they can have that percentage off on, on the thing they can purchase from you. Um, I think, I think that's just insanely powerful and that's not always the case for people who don't have a deep portfolio of, you know, of work and, um, a, a wealth of, of past clients. Um, but again, the consistency of trying to build that moving forward is important as well. Um, I had a conversation with a wedding photographer today about how people like us in the industry who are very well established, I, I'm at the point now I've already booked 13 weddings for next year. And the majority of those are ones that just postponed from this year to next. And I feel like I'm about to cap on how many I want for 2021, which is going to leave so many weddings moving forward where people are going to need photographers. Uh, well-established photographers are going to be completely booked up. And so like, what are the new, what is the new generation of photographers? Like, what are they going to do to try to fill those gaps and find those spots? And I'm a huge fan of doing exactly what you did uh, with Rachel and that story, reaching out to people in a creative way. The way I teach people to, to reach out and connect in the industry is don't just send a DM that says, I'd love to pick your brain. Like that's the most, common stereotypical thing. Uh, what I always recommend is have the boldness to record your face and talk to the camera and send them a DM as if you were meeting them in real life. You'd be so surprised at how many people will react to and respond to that. It also helps if you let them know that you appreciate them and that you follow their work or who they are on a personal level in some capacity, proving that you care um, about, about them and really deeply like want to connect with them. Um, that could be so powerful with getting referrals, booking up your season for the next year. And, um, I've put plenty of content out talking about how it's like, it's, it's perfectly fine to negotiate in a time like this. I, I honestly think it's perfectly fine to negotiate on pricing all the time, but especially in a time like this, where if you can get 50, nonstop 50% retainers for the, the next year right now, you're then building that clientele that if you don't have the, the past five to six years that you can sell prints and albums to, you can start building that now. Now, when it comes to, if, you know, if wedding photographers are in that space now where they have a lot of years under their belt, there's plenty of opportunities to start educating others in the field as well. You, you sit on a lot of valuable information and experience that people would love to know and it would be very rich knowledge um, and something that would be highly valuable to them so just thinking about how you can mentor people create your own online classes i'm constantly inspired by two friends who started a, a podcast called how to film weddings um, nick and nick and john um they grew a podcast uh to be a full-time job as well and They've launched multiple courses and now they're launching a course on how to start a podcast. And so it's, um, it's just so cool, um, to see how people are making 
moves online in the wedding world now. And there's just so many opportunities. Um, I highly recommend starting a YouTube channel even now. People always think it's too late, but even doing something like as crazy as a TikTok or an Instagram account or YouTube channel and that thing being a central hub to what you were talking about earlier, that thing being able to extend out in so many ways um, to diversify your income and what you can do. I just went on like a huge, huge totally. tangent. Looking for new, new opportunities. No, it's, it's really good. Identifying all those opportunities. It's interesting the one that you said actually like sending people videos to network. Um, I think a lot of people don't realize every year people communicate so differently. And I've seen wedding photographers now saying like, I really hate it when my client DMs me instead of write, you know, writing me a nice email. But what people don't realize is like everything changes so quickly. And now in 2020, if you're not getting back to those DMs and if you're not sending them videos and doing things like that, like you're missing out because if you're trying to send them to your website, which is a very old way of doing something, um, it's just not going to work. It's just like, yeah, I can, I can talk about that topic forever, but it's interesting how you really need to follow those trends on how people communicate. And, um, and if you can be in front of the trend like that, people are going to listen because they've never seen it before. I think it's really cool to think creatively on how to connect with people in the, in the world of creativity that you'd like to connect with. Twitter was a huge part of that for me starting that last year and really kind of getting on the radar of other people. And um, I'm looking to connect with those people in the future once we can you know, meet face to face and collaborate on videos. And I'm, I'm very excited for that. Just, just small things like tagging them and certain things and being witty and bringing like I, Jesse Driftwood is a YouTuber and I I got his attention because I made just this dumb Twitter video of copying how he talks on his YouTube videos and like that got his attention, you know, and small things like um, Strava is a running app. Like I said earlier, I run and there are a bunch of other YouTubers and photographers that are getting into running right now too. And so I've been able to connect with a handful of them just last night, Joe Greer, I'm sure you know, Joe, like street photographer, it was like, I just, I just tagged him in a comment and he followed me and I was like, Hey, got a foot in the door. you like, you never know. <laughs> so I think it's, totally. I think it's so cool to just like, um, also Jack coin. He's like, he knows Casey Neistat and he runs all the time and runs marathons. And now we interact on Strava. Like all that stuff is so, so, so powerful because now I would feel confident too. Now that Jack knows who I am, I would feel very confident the next time I'm in New York. I would send him an Instagram DM with a video being like, Jack, my man, do you want to go on a run? And then all of a sudden we're connecting and then all of a sudden we're making a video together. And yeah, it's, it's just so cool what you can do creatively. And it, it could be through hobbies. It could be through a different app. It could be you sending a video, making a creative edit, whatever. Uh, to get, could be through different platforms. Yeah. Just like um, this, me reaching out to you right now with this podcast. 1,000%. It's like we can collab on yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> I was literally just saying that to my wife before this went on because um, India Earl just booked in to talk next week mm -hmm. as well. And I was like, it's so weird that I can reach out to all these amazing creatives all around the world that are the best in their field. Um, and I've got an excuse because I've got a platform. And then that means I can go in and, and pick your brain and, and collab on something. And it just keeps growing and growing because it's a totally different, more creative way of doing something instead of just reaching out and, you know, having nothing to offer, I guess. Yeah. 
That's so cool. It's just that idea of, of adding value as well. Like that's something I always teach people constantly in the wedding photography and filmmaking world will DM and say like, Hey, if you're ever in my city, I would love to second shoot for you. Or, Hey, I would love to second shoot for you at any given time. Those are just a diamond, dime a dozen DMs that you get. Um, if you're established and you're an educator in the space, but the people that come to me and just like, Hey, I don't want anything in return. This is the value I'd be giving you. I would love to shoot like behind the scenes for you at any wedding or any shoot, like free of charge. I just would love to be in the room. I'd love to see like, you know, and whatever you need, I would love to help you. I'll edit a video for you. Like that kind of sentiment is so much more powerful than just like, Oh, I'd love to shoot with you or for you someday and be paid by you, even though you don't know who I am. You know? Um, yeah. But Hey, but Eric, to be honest, do you ever get those messages? Though? The the ones where um, the added like like va- like value value packed messages where someone like reaches out and you're like, oh my god, this person like yes, I have to say yes. Yes, I do, and I capitalize on those a lot, and they've developed into amazing relationships. And um, one of those being my friend Austin, who reached out. Uh, I said I needed a second shooter in Arizona at the spring of last year. And he reached out. He's like, hey, man, I'm actually from uh, Louisville, Kentucky, the other side of the country. I will pay for my own flight. I just want to like I just want to help you out and see how you work. Would love to just get to know you. And I was like, absolutely. And I was like, and I'll pay you. I am still planning on paying a second shooter. You cover your flight. I'll pay you for, for second shooting. And then we just became such good friends. Um, and then. I shot his getting out of debt video. That's the same friend. He drove up to Chicago. We made a, a YouTube video that went like semi-viral, got the attention of Dave Ramsey, a financial uh, guy uh, in the, on the internet, started connecting with his brand. Um, Austin, I just shot his elopement. Uh, just an insanely good portfolio piece. You know, like obviously shot it at a huge discount for him. Uh, you know, and just so cool. I mean, like the, the ability to collaborate with people in that way and that him opening the door and doing that, it's, it's so sweet and it's just so powerful. And what do you have to lose? Again, you're just spending time. As you mentioned earlier, if you're reaching out to someone like that, you're just spending time trying to create the thing. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but we all have a bit of extra time to make something like that happen and try um, to pitch that thing. Oh man, like I, I totally believe it. And that's why I asked because like even back in 2013, like it was me reaching, reaching out to Rachel saying like, I can shoot for free. I can do this. I can bring some you know value to you. But I find it interesting now, like people sign up to my courses every day, but no one ever writes me a message and, you know, wants to come over it's always like, I'll, I'll, I'll second shoot for you. And I'm like, well, I get that message every single day, but no one brings that value, which I think is in really interesting. And I refer back to when I was an electrician. I remember I went, um, I remember when I was an electrician, we couldn't find any apprentices. There just was like a shortage of apprentices. And then I was talking to this young guy and he was talking about how there's no apprenticeships. And we would talk about on the job site, like if anyone just put on their boots, walked onto the job site and asked for an apprenticeship, like they would get one because, you know, we're all busy. We're all tradesmen. We're all busy. We're not out looking for apprentices, but there literally isn't anyone that just takes it upon themselves to actually show up and bring that value to an employer. And if they did, they would definitely have a job. 
And I just see that now, like even with wedding photography or with education or with whatever it is that you're, whatever field that you're in, like if you can show up and bring that value, like I guarantee it's going to work in your favor like every time. But as soon as you want something like second shooting or something, that's not any value for me. That's like me teaching you how to shoot whilst I'm trying to, you know, look after my clients. I have no value of that. So of course I'm going to say no. And anybody that has worked for me in the past year or two has been that way. Um, another guy named Armin who uh, decided to say, hey, I, next time you shoot a YouTube video, I would love to be in the room. I'll shoot it for free. I'll actually have a crack at editing it for you as well. And you can like give me feedback on that if you'd like. I was like, absolutely. I mean, if, if you want to take a stab at that and we can start working together, uh, that sounds amazing. And He's done a handful of work for me now, now paid work for me. And same with uh, Nami, who does administration work for me now as well. A DM saying, hey, would love to help you with any administrative tasks that you have. Um, And it's always with that lead of like, I expect nothing in return. And, um, And that just stands out so much more because you get so many, like you said, so many messages of people just expecting to be paid a full rate, but I have no idea who you are or what you bring to the table. And so you have to prove to me that you're not just going to be that person that flakes out and, you know, that isn't going to be valuable to me at all. Totally, man. Hey, even on um, that little, like on that same note, it's funny how like people like you and myself, if you reached out to me and said, Hey, can I get you onto a YouTube channel? Like, of course I would say, yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. Let's jam, make some magic. And if I could reach out to you, like, hey, I'd love to have you on a podcast. You know, you were like, well, I'm not doing anything for 45 minutes. Let's do it. And it builds your brand. It does, you know, the value of doing something like that. And um, I was talking, I actually contacted someone that's kind of up and coming, but um, they haven't been in the industry for very long. And I contacted them the other day and I said, hey, I'd love to actually have you on the podcast so you can share your story and stuff. And then they wrote back asking, yeah, okay, I charge about $2,000 for that. And I was, I was like so mind blown. And I, I actually just thought in that, you know, second right there, like, great that you value what you're worth, but also you're not going to really get anywhere because you there's no value for you to be on my podcast if you don't have a following or anything and you're not creating those opportunities for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the, I, I, I love, I love the idea of just like never being above working for free or doing something for free. Something that blew my mind recently. It's again, a video that I just posted, um, like two or three videos ago. Uh, at the end of the video, I summarized, okay, this is how I'm making money from making this video right now. One, I'm going to make some money on YouTube ad revenue. It's probably just gonna be 50 bucks, whatever. Two, Artgrid, the sponsor of that video, is paying me to make this a decently substantial amount. Three, uh, I am going to pitch this spec ad that we shot for free just for this instant coffee cup, uh, instant coffee company. And we're going we're gonna to pitch it to them and see if they want to buy the commercial. Uh, plus, this is going in our portfolio for uh, stock footage, which we can sell eventually through either Film Supply or ArtGrid. And then finally, uh, this is going to be a portfolio piece that we'll use to book more commercial work in the future. We pitched that video to Swift Cup and we said, we were like, hey, we made this thing. I know things are hard right now. We just wanted to give it to you. Um, it's just kind of like a pay what you want for it. We just don't really expect like whatever you want to pay for it. Just let us know. The owner's response, he waited five days. He responded with, hey, good on you for doing this way to be proactive. 
Um, I have no idea what something like this is worth. Can you just like give me just a rundown of what something like this costs? Maybe we could pay you full price. And if we can, I'd love to. <laughs> I was like, wait, wait what? Amazing. <laughs> um, just going out and doing something like that, expecting nothing in return, and then just being so shocked at mm. the you know what you can make from that. So good. My friend Jay Worsley does it all the time. He did a spec ad for Sprite that they bought. And it that like revolutionized my idea for filmmaking and just filmmaking in general can be so powerful in that way and that so many people are imprisoned to the idea that they need to be building this huge thing, uh, this huge studio with tons of, you know, they're, they're the DP and they need their first AC and their grip and all these people on set. They need to make this production company to book the commercial client, but you can be so strategic in making something to get the attention of that client so that you can get the budget so that you can build the team. Uh, it's a classic example of this is Casey Neistat where like he, the way he would reach out to people or just flip something completely on its head. Um, he made a video once where Nike gave him a budget to make a commercial. They were just expecting, you know, the normal commercial and he ended up just blowing the whole budget on traveling the world. And the video went absolutely viral. And that was so much more valuable to the brand. I love, I love thinking like that in that perspective, in that way, outside of the traditional sense, because I constantly see people pursuing the traditional thing and they're constantly struggling to make money in the process. And they're that, you know, that like, that artists struggle constantly. And I hate seeing that because I know how creative they are. Oh man. And it just takes a creative idea to make money. And I know for myself, like, like I said before, like my business made 420,000, um, this year already. And I work for free all the time, dude. Like seriously, like right now, like if, if one of my favorite wedding vendors or, you know, maybe, yeah, a favorite wedding vendor just sent me a DM saying like, Hey, I've got a new website. Love some headshots. I'd be grabbing my camera going like, you know, come over, get in the alleyway or take some photos for you, have them edited or do that stuff. But um, I think like with all the free things that I do, like you just said, when I look back, I'm so good at repurposing all that content and I've probably made so much more money from doing free things than I haven't. And here's a really good example. I did a few free engagement shoots and a couple of free style shoots um, earlier this year for a few friends and stuff. But I actually brought my videographer along with me to to create some content and then we end up turning that into a course on posing and lighting and I could teach yes. all this stuff. And it wasn't the idea from the start, but it was like, man, you know, I am happy to go out and help everybody and do all this kind of stuff. And then I've got the creative ideas of like what I can actually do with this content because I've already created it. So good. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so wild what can happen. This happened, uh, another video I just recently posted. We were in Teton National Park in Wyoming and um, I... I was expecting to have a wonderful night of capturing the mountain range and, you know, getting stock footage. And it was just going to be this fun, creative thing. But we were met with one of the most amazing sunsets I've ever seen and one of the most beautiful, beautiful places I've ever been. And it's just that, that idea of like, I just want to go make that thing ended up being one of the most beautiful cinematic pieces of footage uh, collections of footage I've ever captured. And like, how much more powerful is that stock footage going to be? You know, just that idea. It also, awesome. it also happened when I went out to the salt flats. Again, I shot this one for free. Uh, they moved, they had just moved to Utah 
And I was like, hey, guys, I know about the salt flats. I drove through there a couple of years ago. You guys haven't been there yet. You just moved to Utah. You got to see it. Let's go do a portrait session. They had two kids at the time. It was like crazy getting out there, two hour drive. We got there and there was this, there was this uh, forest fire happening or some sort of wildfire happening in Nevada where all the smoke was just pouring over the sky, over the salt flats. And it created this like the shield for the sun um, and this crazy diffused light that it just made it look like a star Wars scene or like Mars and the, the salt flats. I've literally never seen them look this way in any photos ever. And we went out and we got literally some of the most incredible portfolio pieces I've ever gotten booked so much work because those flagship images were on, on my website. Again, just, just that point of intentionality of going out and being met with absolute magic is so powerful. Yeah, putting yourself in that position to experience that. Mm-hmm. Hey, Eric, so good to talk to you, man. Where can we find you or your free content? And how can we dive a bit deeper and um, dig into your paid content as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so most social media platforms, it's just a variation of my name. If you spell my name, Eric, uh, with a C E R I C and Floberg F L O B E R G, um, Twitter, Instagram, um, YouTube, MySpace. just kidding. Man. <laughs> um, I also, uh, I also have a Patreon page. If you're unfamiliar with Patreon, uh, it's just a place where you can get extra content from creators and, um, currently just at $10 a month, 10 us dollars a month, uh, to get extra content in uh, mostly the wedding photography and filmmaking space, but starting to dive a bit deeper, um, into entrepreneurship, um, financial and fiscal responsibility and all that good stuff. Um, and really starting to toy with the idea of more mentorship programs through there. So, um, yeah, just really excited. It's a, it's a, a really easy way to, like I said, kind of get the foot in the door, Um, with learning more extensive stuff from me. So, yeah. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for taking the time and talking to myself and my audience as well. Thank you, John. I really appreciate it, man. And that's it, guys. If you want to find us on Instagram, you can go over to Eric Floberg and you can go over to jialong.co. Really excited to hear from you. Tell me what you loved most from this podcast episode and I will talk to you soon. Spread the love and create opportunities for the people around you. Make Your Break is brought to you by Jai Long and produced at our in-house studio Free the Bird Productions. We love creating opportunities for you and hope you'll share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more information on this podcast, our online courses, products, workshops or just want to say hi, We're here for you at jailong.co.